Welcome to another episode of the Smiling Soul Fitness Podcast. Today is one of my great friends from the last decade. We've got Eric Munstock here with us today. He is an eight-time Ironman, a personal trainer, a life fitness instructor, running coach, exercise enthusiast, and wellness advocate based in Santa Barbara, California. He is a lifelong athlete who followed his love of sports to the exercise and sports studies program at UC Santa Barbara. Eric is an old soul with a new outlook on fitness who promotes a pain-free life and supports people of all ages and being strong and healthy. Welcome, Eric. Hey, Beth. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited you're here today. I know we get to hang out well more when I was living in Santa Barbara. <laughs> we still have gotten to hang out a lot over the last 10 years. So I just want to share with our listeners today a little bit of our background. Because like it's mentioned in your bio, we met at UC Santa Barbara in the Exercise and Sports Studies program. And listeners, we were part of a crew that wore Vibram five finger shoes everywhere. <laughs> we were like known in town for that. Eric was like the runner biomechanics guy of the group at our time 10 years ago. And we even got to live together for about a year and a half, which was awesome before Eric met his partner. It's just been really fun. I feel like we've grown up together in some ways, like watching you go through the exercise and sports studies program, complete your first Ironman. And now we are here today. You're married. You've got kid, you've done eight Ironmans and like, it's just so fun to reflect back on that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've definitely kind of ridden all the different fads in the fitness industry and we kind of stick with the ones we like. And <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it definitely seems like, yeah, how you can really get caught up in certain mindsets and then it can all change and, and then you kind of come right back to it. And, you know, I'm still... Not wearing vibrams, but I'm, I'm mostly barefoot. But yeah, still. love that. <laughs> and Eric, I have to credit Eric with helping me get into meditation because way back in the day, I think this was like 2012, we went to the Idea Fitness Conference together at the convention down in San Diego. We had each done like our own workout classes. It was like four or five workout classes every day for like three days. It was like I did a bunch of cycling. You were doing like boot camps. Then there was some we overlapped on that were more like posture, biomechanics focused together. And if you remember on the last day, we went to the guided meditation class. And that was the first time I ever meditated. And I honestly don't know I would have done it if you hadn't been there with me. <laughs> that was like the best one to do at the end of the day. And, you know, like looking back on it, I don't remember if I was like amazed at like the fact that when we took that class that it was like, I felt like it was like either really short or really long. But it was like one of those things where it went by like, I either felt like I was just so relaxed for so long or I was, it went by like so fast. But I don't remember exactly now, but it was one of those things. <laughs> I remember falling asleep. I was like, I definitely needed a rest period after our three-day marathon. Yeah. So tell us, we know that you're a lifelong athlete. You went to the UC Santa Barbara Exercise and Sports Studies program. You've now completed eight Ironmans. And for people who are listening that don't know what an Ironman is, it is a, a one-mile swim. 1.2. 1.2. Thank you for fact-checking me. 1.2 mile swim. Every inch counts. Yeah. And then it's a century, which is how many miles on a bike? It's 112 miles. Yes. Wow. It's more than a century. Yeah. 112 <laughs> miles on a bike. <laughs> I'm, I've been underestimating you all these years. So it's 1.2 miles swimming, 112 miles on a bike. And then you're not done because then you run a marathon. 
which is 26.2 miles. Is that correct? That one's right. 26.2. <laughs> and you do it all in one day. <laughs> yeah. So how did you get from being like a high school like athlete, you know, like growing up being into sports? Like what has been your journey to now being an eight-time Ironman and trainer? Can you walk us through your story? Basically, I just did team sports. So big in soccer, basketball, uh, baseball. My mom would only play football because you, know, you get hurt uh, or you get hit. So <laughs> yeah, but I, I, liked, I liked all sports and I played all team sports. And then like, I got to college and there really wasn't any more... I mean, I played intramurals, but there wasn't any more team sports to do. So I, uh, I basically had a friend who was I was playing intramurals with. They got hurt and there was two weeks before they were supposed to run a marathon. And so I was like, well, I've never, I've never, never done that. You know, that sounds like, you know, something I could challenge myself. And so I went ahead and, and did that. So I did that on two weeks of training. Well, not, it wasn't really training. I just basically decided to, I was going to run it in two weeks. And it felt after I finished it, it felt like I was about 90 years old. It was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, how, how old were you actually? <laughs> was, was it 20? 21, 22, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And yeah, that's when I really realized why, uh, you know, like what it felt like my old people walked a certain layer. <laughs> <laughs> it really humbled me. I mean, yeah, I, not like humbled me, but everything in that to that point, like I'd been just very athletic and just loved getting around, exercising, and uh, playing, and and that kind of after I did that, that was like a challenge. Like I was like, this is hard, and. At that point in my life, I kind of needed that. I needed something hard to kind of prove to myself. Um, and I just kept running marathons. And I had always, as a kid, uh, been watching on NBC they, or you know whatever channel. They do an Ironman uh, World Championship, uh, which is always in Kona, um, a recap. And I always, for some reason, as a kid, loved watching that. Like That was like... It came on like once a year and it was like... I was so fascinated by by watching this, you know, these people, you know, um, you know, you know, swim, bike, run, just incredible. I just thought it was the coolest thing. And when I was in college, when I, you know, like at that point, I was like, well, by the time I'm 25, I'm going to do an Ironman. This was like my dream. And then I turned 25 about the same time we were living together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our little apartment in downtown Santa Barbara. <laughs> I turned 25 and I hadn't done it. And I was like, <laughs> well, crap! Like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm like I'm a failure, you know. Like I just didn't like I wasn't actually like going out and like doing what I had set out to do. So like I think when I turned 25, or no, like that New Year's, like before, so you know, my birthday's in July. The New Year's before I turned 25, I basically just signed up for an Ironman, and I had you know it, you know, I had because I, I had been training for it, but I actually had. The most, like, I knew, like, I, 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 I was like, there's no way I can swim that far. There's no way I can swim. Actually, you know, like, going back, the swim's 2.4 miles. Sorry. The half is. Oh, 2.4 miles. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're all underestimating I, you. I was like, there's no way I could swim 2.4 miles. I just I was a really bad swimmer. There's just no way I could do it. And I would, I would bike to work, you know, sometimes, and it would be like 30 miles. I'd be exhausted. It's like, there's no way I can bike 112 miles. And then, I'd already know what a marathon felt like. And I was like, there's no way I can do that all in one day. And it's just like, in my head, it's always like, there's no way. It's not even possible. Like, it's just like, 
I, I couldn't even conceive of doing doing it, but I just signed up and then I I just got a team together. I got one of my friends, we went to the pool uh like three times a week, uh, and she like helped me like just basically get out there and swim and got got me confident. I, I signed up for for you know the sm- like smaller distances. So I did uh, I did an Olympic distance. I did a half uh, half Ironman distance, and, and so I was kind of getting myself ready. And then I also I just started I don't know biking and running. You know I I started doing it, but I actually got hurt running uh, before. So I actually didn't really do even do too much running in before the the race because I had hurt myself, but I was able to kind of get my team together uh, and had people motivated, and I was able to do it. Like it was like one of those like kind of like you know breaking down a wall kind of thing in my brain. Like I was able to do it. It was you know the the doing the the triathlons before. The funny thing is that like I wasn't experienced in the bike, and I was doing um, a half iron distance. And I still didn't know how to shift gears on my bike correctly. And it really scared me to go, you know, familiar with bikes, to go from a big ring to a small ring. So basically means that when you want to go up a hill, you want to be in your your smaller ring. It makes the gears easier. And I didn't feel confident being able to switch between those two because I didn't know once I got it in the small ring, I I wasn't confident getting back into the big ring. And this, again, for anyone listening, it doesn't... It's not hard at all. <laughs> it's really, really, <laughs> I was just like I was, was I, you know, that's how, how like I wasn't like used to that. So I'd ride always in my big ring, and it wasn't until I was in this half, uh, I, like a half distance triathlon that I I got I was like I can't I, I can't ride in my big ring anymore. It was too hard. Like I couldn't. There's all these hills. Like my legs were just shot. So it like it took me that long to finally realize how to like actually use gears on a bike. So yeah, there's just all these different different things, uh, kind of getting into it. Basically, like you know, like I, I I was a complete noob at this whole thing, and and I basically kind of got a team together, and and it's still you know even even though I was able to do it, you know, I still wasn't like <laughs> thinking back on it now. It was it's nowhere near like the level or or or, or, or things that I am at now, but but yeah, it was just a dream of mine, and I always did it in that moment you know, in, in Boulder will always be like the most special thing that I've ever done in my life. I think that there's, I mean, yeah, maybe like getting married and having a kid was also pretty good, but, <laughs> but yeah, this, the, I that was like my own personal achievement. That one was pretty tops. Like it, it, it was the huge release. And I just remember like the sheer ecstasy of, of, of doing it and the amount of emotion. And I still get it with every race, but like that one in particular, like, knowing that like that was basically my whole life's achievement to that point was knowing that I could do that and and I kept doing it because again it's hard and and I'm just kind of like one of those people who likes to do hard things and and, and kind of dive into the I don't know if it's like the human spirit or or just kind of pushing boundaries and 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 seeing like limits and and, and actually like Discovering that, that, you know, like how resilient, you know, humanity and how people are, how great they are in it. And sometimes just proving that to yourself um, is really what drives me to continue to do it from that point. I'm not one of those people who like one and done. Like, it's just, I don't know. Like, I've just never had that. Like, <laughs> that's how a lot of, you know, like, I don't like just do hard things to be like, oh, I did it and I'm done. And it's like something like I want to show off because... 
again, I that's one of the, you know, <laughs> I'll just keep talking about random things, but I don't triathlon a lot of times, especially Ironman, it can be a very show offy thing. And, and you know, people tattoo it on themselves just to like prove that they've done it and they want everyone to know that they've, they've done it. And yeah, it's a great achievement and it's amazing. But to me, it's very personal and, uh, and I don't necessarily need to like post it on myself like a political ad. You know? <laughs> and that's just kind of those, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's, if, if you're in the know and you want to know and talk to me about it, I'm more than happy to talk about it. But it's just kind of like, yeah, you want to keep pushing those, those, those boundaries. You keep wanting to improve yourself. And for me, it's just for myself. It's not for anyone else. And, and, and that's kind of why, why I do it and keep doing it. And, yeah, that's where I am now. <laughs> mm, I love that you talk about your team too. Because what I remember from being in Boulder, besides spending the whole day, like we would go do something, then we'd go watch you. We'd go do something, we'd go watch you. And I was like, he's still exercising like yeah. six, seven, eight hours later. But I just remember when you crossed the finish line and just running into your now wife's arms and like giving each other a hug. And that was so sweet. And seeing how elated like your family members were for you too. Can you tell us a little bit more about like when you talk about your team that helped you to get to that point? What does that look like for you? Because accomplishments like this, they don't happen, you know, on your own, even though you're motivated to do it for yourself. There's obviously people that help you with training and people that help you with emotional support. What does that look like and mean to you? Yeah, I I think, I mean, in life in general, you need a team, uh, you need support. I've been incredibly fortunate in my life to have. First and foremost, my parents support. My parents basically go to every race I still do. And they're out there every time. And I, you know, I can count on that. And I don't know, I mean, like how lucky, you know, every, you know, everyone else is, but I know that's not a common thing. Like I know that, it, you know, not, not, you know, not everyone's <laughs> parents are going to go watch their, their 33 year old son go, go, you know, be out exercising all day. <laughs> every time it doesn't matter where it is you know we we drive to canada we i've you know driven to idaho you know they're they're there and and so yeah that that support knowing that again i'm not alone doing this i'm not alone in this endeavor and you're you know for a triathlon you are alone and you know maybe i'll probably talk about that later uh but you are basically alone for you know all day when you do the event but you're alone training by yourself for a long, long period of time. Some people have like groups, like training groups, but for most of it, you're like a, a, a hermit. You're, you know, like you're, you're, you're running by yourself. You're biking by yourself, you're swimming by yourself, uh, lots of time by yourself. So having support, knowing that there are people you love out there who care about you and want you to do well um, is, 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 is incredibly uh, powerful uh, in endurance sports because it pushes you uh, to places you didn't know you could go to. So that my parents support huge. These last since having a baby and uh, being married, um, my wife's support uh, basically means that the only reason I could do a triathlon is because she enables it. So I can't I can't do this now without you know her being able to you know watch our baby or you know her allowing me to 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 basically exercise for hours and hours while I doing this very selfish thing. It is for myself and it very much is for myself. And I know that and but you know without without her being able to allow me to do that, it would it wouldn't happen. It just it wouldn't be possible. 
so yeah, having someone who who knows how important it is to me and supports me to and enables me to do it. Um, and again, that's another huge part of the team. Uh, and then yeah, when I when my my when I was first starting out, I needed someone to swim with. I needed someone to kind of help me understand <laughs> how to bike. I still ran by myself, but like having that, like just having some friends and, and areas to, to kind of keep you accountable is very huge. Nowadays, yeah, I don't have that. Not because of it's just by choice. I just prefer to do it alone um, because I've, I, I, I feel confident in that. Like, yeah, I, 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 my, in my very first draft, this was when I was like really young. I swam into like kelp in the water and it thought it was going to me Falcon drown, and it was only for like a 500 meter swim. It was like really short, and I was in the ocean, and I thought I was going to drown. And I swam in, and I didn't even finish it. So, swimming was like that point where I needed someone to basically teach me to swim. And now, now for my races, I'm not a very good swimmer, like in terms of like speed. But I, I don't need to train for the swim at all because I know I can swim 2.4 miles. Because I'm such a slow swimmer, it doesn't matter <laughs> if I swim fast, slow, swim one speed, and I know I can do it. So basically, I kind of just go out. I don't. I know. I'm so confident that I'm open water. I don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not even like scared of it anymore. So it's, it, everything's come a long way, and yeah, that does come through the team. Um, but in through over time, it's been mostly support, and it's really cool. Family, wife. <laughs> Uh, and and friends just being able to, I mean, just be there, and that's basically it. There's nothing more than that, and that's just kind of a, a way of sending love, and 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 love is an energy, and when you exercise with with that love, um, or when you think about it, especially when you're doing endurance sports, when you get feel like you can't be tired anymore, and you and you think about that love of that support, they're there with you. It's 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 huge. I mean, it's it's. It's bigger than than people realize, and um, yeah, that human connection really, uh, really is a, is a driving force to to continue. And and I like to push because that's discovering. Every time I do, I discover. And yeah, I'm, I'll still be that kind of maybe I'll be that person sometimes who's just on their bike, like about to cry because I'm thinking about something. But it's not like not 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 sad tears. It's just like I'm, you know using emotion to propel you as fuel. Mm, you're moved, literally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so one other thing I would love to touch on, and just in terms of team, I know that you, you know, through what you do with your clients and what you've done in your own training proto- protocols, obviously you do a lot of running and biking and some swimming, but you also do some cross training with, you know, strength exercises, resistance-based exercises, and then you do mobility work as well. And how has that helped you to like perform well in these athletic endeavors like the Ironmans? I mean, basically, I would say like when I'm actually training, especially now, I haven't done a huge amount of cross training. But when the off season, I, you know, like, like making sure that you're strong enough has been huge. Like I, you know, like, I mean, I mean, just knowing how to how to hinge properly, you know, and, you know, we've been doing foundation training for, I don't know, 10 years or... Yeah, long time. Long time. I don't have any back pain on the bike. I don't, I, I, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't do that like 
in season. I don't do like a, a foundation training session every every day, but I know how to hinge my hips. I know how to my back is strong, and I can sit in my arrow bars. I can sit in a in a in a in a, in a position way better than when then I notice most people out there. So so like it's it that you know that that training most of my training is lower body and I do you know uh, a lot of squats, a lot of lunges. That's been huge. Um and then while I'm like in the thick of training, mobility work is mostly what I'll be doing because if you're doing mobility right, you also also doing strength training and gaining more mobility. Um so yeah, that's kind of the basis of most of my training outside of actually just swim, bike, and running. Is I'll be working on 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 you know if I have little kinks from you know the repetitive movements like that, I have the idea. You know, I know how to I know how to to work out my calf. I know how to work out my hips. I know how to you know like get my shoulders and everything to feel good so that I can continue to do those things every day. And yeah, it's, it, it goes off of mostly um, like FRC model. Um, that's functional range conditioning. Um, I, you know, I did that certification, and I've been doing that pretty regularly for the last five years. Maybe only five. Okay. I don't know. It's hard. You know, we're getting old, right? It's hard to remember to know how many years. <laughs> but I have to give you a shout out too, because the people that have done my 21 day arms and abs program, there's, you know, usually in my programs, it's six days of body weight and resistance based exercises. And then the seventh day is a recovery day. And in um, some of my newer programs, we have joint circles <laughs> and you're really the person you taught me cars, which is a yeah. term that comes out of the FRC training model and the joint circles. If you love them, or hate them, you can thank Eric Munstock <laughs> for teaching me that. And also, I don't know if you know this, maybe I feel like I've mentioned it to you before, because Eric also helped me when I was filming 21 Day Booty Core, the original, the very first version way back in the day. And you had taught me some really good cues for dead bug. And everybody, like every time somebody sends me a message, just like, oh my God, dead bug, like my abs are so sore. Like I've never felt it like that before. I'm like, oh, Thank you, Eric. <laughs> like, yeah. That was all stuff I learned from you. So thank you for always sharing. We're going to do more dead bug. I got a whole new queuing system for that now. So. <laughs> oh, you do? Okay. We're going to have to, we're going to have to play with that next time we're in person together. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Y'all better start. You better, you better be worried. Because <laughs> it will work. <laughs> what are some takeaways from your Ironman experiences? And I feel like you kind of touched on this already, but that might apply to everyday exercises. Maybe people that are never going to do a marathon, they're never going to shoot for an Ironman or a long triathlon. What are some of the lessons that feel like you've learned that would still be relevant to people that maybe exercise a couple times a week and are just looking to get and stay healthy? I think as I've gotten into this, I've really, it's really become like consistency is key. It doesn't matter if you're doing, yeah, you know, your normal workouts for your 5K. I think in fitness, in the fitness industry, we've gotten way too, you know, like in a, in a box where every fitness exercise or every, every session has to be 30 minutes or an hour. Um, every, every workout has to be hard. Um, everything has to be sore. You know, just, just along these lines, everything has to be, uh, you have to be tired. 
from training, especially, I've learned that the best benefits for myself um, actually come from when I am not tired and when I am not sore and when I do a workout kind of sometimes based on feel and not not necessarily on a set time. So it's the it's the repetitive working um so it's yeah it's not always i have to like i need to kill my legs you don't have to you don't want to you want to you want to work yourself to a point in which you are strong enough that the next day you can do it again might not you know obviously different different workouts so like one might be more of uh, like max training and one might be more like you know know, like easier uh, threshold like I can talk like triathlon terms and I'm trying not to, but like, <laughs> we'll just say hard, medium, and easy. And so one day you might be or like heavy, heavy, medium, and light. So, you know, some days like for my legs, you know, it's like, I don't want, I don't want them to be sore. So I'll do heavier, heavy work, but I do it in a, in a and not in the same way that I would do my light work. And I don't, I want to be able to repeat that. Um, and so some days might feel hard. Some days might feel easy. And I might be sore. I might not be sore. And it might take 20 minutes. It might take an hour and a half. It, it, all these different like parameters. It didn't, everything doesn't have to be always the same. I don't always have to be working to a degree in which I'm exhausted because the repetition of doing it day in and day out is so much more beneficial than destroying yourself one day and not being able to work out for two or three days. That actually is 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 not not necessarily helping you. You are getting strong, and it's not, not not nothing wrong with it. But it's not maybe you're not getting as strong and as fast as you could. For this last training cycle, I I ran, I either ran or biked every single day for three months, like no day off. Wow. And yeah, I, you know, I I obviously built up to that. Like that's not like I'm not saying that that's what you should be doing, but if you're if you're starting out, you should be able to 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 you know I I can do twenty minutes or I can do three sets of squats. You know I tell you know like that's 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 and that's great. Like do 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 a set of twenty squats or do whatever it is for you. It's hard bodyweight squats, ten squats, and then do that just three times. So maybe do thirty squats, and that's sometimes good if I can do that repeatedly every day um, and then I can build from that. And then maybe one day I'll do a hundred squats in a day and then maybe I'll go back to 30 squats, but I'm able to repeatedly do it. Um, and that's the body keeps the body moving. And that's, that's what I find to be the most healthy, healthy way to continue. Because I mean, not, not that, you know, like you are, you are recovering, but you aren't, you aren't, you're, you're, you're still working every day and you're moving every day. And that's, to me, sometimes the best way to improve over a long period of time because it becomes that habit. It's not something that kind of, and then you also don't hate it because because every day isn't isn't hard. You can you can do it. What does that look like for you? Because I know you have a very full life, right? You work full time. You've got a baby. You've got a dog. You've got a wife, and you are like so present in the lives of your family and friends. How does it work for you in terms of like scheduling workouts and what does that actually look like? So most of the time, my bigger, stronger workouts are going to be in between clients. Because you're already at the gym. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 funny thing, the funny thing is that like, I'm actually pretty inherently lazy. 
<laughs> I don't think anybody's going to believe that after hearing all your accolades and achievements. Yeah, I, I actually, a lot of times, like, I'm amazed at how, how well other people train. Um, and I'm pretty lazy. And I always, like, I'm, I, can, I can, it used to be, like, in between clients, I mean, I would, like, take a nap. You know, I would be like, oh, great. oh, this is a great time. I'm, you know, I've been up since five in the morning. This is great. I'm going to take a nap. This, this, you know, especially having, having a baby, like, I really like, oh, it's great. I have, anytime I can find a little time for a nap, I'm going to take a nap. But really what it came down to is I forced myself when I had these breaks to, to do a workout. Like if I had, if I had an hour and a half, I was going to run or bike. It didn't matter. Um, some days I didn't have that. So like some days I had to watch a little girl for all day before. And then my wife came home um, from work and, and then I, we had to put her to bed and then I had to go work out, you know, at, at like, you know, eight o'clock at night. That's really hard. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that like, that's what everyone should do. Obviously you, everyone needs to do what was best for them. But basically I've, committed myself to if I had the time I was going to do it and, and I, I made sure to do that and it, 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 it really pays off because you don't you know there, there are a lot of times when you'll make excuses for why oh, I'm tired I don't you know I'm sore I did it I did it yesterday but if you actually just go out and do it you're you're able to get stronger even when you're tired and for and for something like an Ironman or something like an endurance sport that's actually good. Like that's training when you're tired because guess what? You're going to be tired in, in the event. <laughs> so totally. You're not trying to train yourself to exhaustion and obviously injure yourself and overtraining is a thing, but a lot of people misperceive overtraining because, you know, I'm just working out in this sense for like an hour or an hour and a half or whatever it may be. And, you know, I'm not breaking my body down, but I might be tired, but I, you know, I'm doing it in a way that I'm working out. And I've also failed workouts many times. And you can't be, um, you can't necessarily be upset at yourself for failing a workout. But the point is that you show up and you tried it. So, you, you know, like I had, you know, like I showed up, I tried it, I completed it or I don't. It's okay. But I showed up and tried it. And I just made sure, I just made, really made a point of when I had the time, I was, that's what I was going to do. With that being said, you need to have, kind of the structure of knowing what you're going to do. It can't be like anything. So if you're going to do it that way, make sure you have a specific goal and you have specific workouts that you're going to do because it's much easier to do that as opposed to just random anything. So just always kind of keep that in mind if you're going down that route, using that time. But yeah, find that time, whatever, whenever it is and, and dedicating yourself that I know I'm going to fit this workout in if it's in the middle of the day, if it's late at night, um, and, 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 and get that done and day in and day out, try to better yourself. And I think it's important to name too, like when you're talking about your training every day for three months going up to the Ironman, you may not be taking a lot of like recovery rest days in that period, but you have other seasons of life where you are doing it. So I think just for the listeners, like you can measure things in a micro level and you can measure things in a macro level. And I think it's important to keep both of those um, in mind with any training program. Yeah. I like to think about it. Everything's kind of like a building. So if you're going to build a skyscraper nowadays, you know, with engineering, you can probably build it pretty skinny, but most of the time you like, you think about it. If you want, if you were to build it with a, a blocks at home, 
you need a pretty big base, right? What you do every day is your base. Love that. So you want to keep building on, on your base. And then when you have those, those, those specific goals, like for me, it's in, in running an Ironman, that's like the top of your skyscraper. It's not like in order for it to be stable and for you to do it well, you need to build the base strong out through each level. So you can, you know, the bottom is, the bottom is, is, is big, but, but every day, you know, if I'm, if I'm making it harder, you know, I need to build out that harder and I mean, make that, I need to spend more time at that increment level until, you know, you get up to the tippy top and you're not spending that much time ever up at the tippy top, but that's not stable. That's not long. That's not long term. That's not anything that you're going to maintain. I you know I'm not. I'm you know I'm not like uh, thinking that I'm, I can do Ironman for for forever throughout the whole year. It's it's one day, one day. Um, and so I I you know I know I I know I can build myself up to do it, but I'm not trying to do that continuously. So that's that part's not stable, and that part can be can can, can be wiped out. But I, I you can get up there and you can do it. But then after that's done, you can wipe that out and you still can maintain strong base. And again, it's much easier, but the work you do day in and day out. And that's kind of how I like to think about what I do. And that's how I try to relate to my clients that you're always trying to, to, to make the, 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 the easy stuff as strong as possible. Because you know, that's what you want to maintain. That's what you want to do in day in, day out. You want to be able to bend over. You want to be able to get on the ground and get back up. You want to be able to get into your car and get out. You want to be able to sit on the toilet and get back up. You want to do these things throughout your whole entire life. And that's just the very bottom of the base, like the very basics of life, walking, you know, doing these things. And that needs to be huge. Like that needs to be huge. And, I need to, and you need to continue that every day. Then, you know, as, as you start to scale up things, like, for me, I, you know, like running 30 minutes. For some people, that's incredibly hard and that might take a while to build up to, but that's still a base that I like to kind of work on. And I like to maintain, you know, easily running for 30 minutes. And I want to be able to do that for my life, you know, <laughs> it's like being able to maintain, like, you know, like, okay, you know, obviously I, like, I've done it every single day for a month. I've ran 30 minutes and it's, it's pretty tough on your body. <laughs> Yeah, I will. You know, I, but it's not easy. It, you know, thirty minutes running at one time is easy, but doing day in every day, it's it's pretty uh, wear and tear on your body. So if I'm gonna, you know, make sure I can do it, I'm you know, I'm not gonna do it every single day. In my opinion, it's just like for some people, obviously everyone's different. They can do it, and and that's great for me. If I run every single day, I my body starts to break down a little bit, and I know that, and so I basically I run every other day. <laughs> but I do other things in between. But I, I need that little bit of time where I'm not running to be able to continue to do it. And so I know if I'm going to make this base stronger. I know I can do it. Um, I need to, you know, I, I have the techniques to do that. And but that's that's a higher level than than the easy stuff. And and it, so it's not as not as again sustainable every single day in day out. But everything kind of has a level and scale. And I like to think about how much time I'm putting into certain levels of work and, and, and then and, and make it appropriate to what I'm doing. And I know that, yeah, some things are sustainable, some things aren't sustainable. And I do that with a purpose when I'm doing it. It's not just like a guessing game. Mm, totally. So we're going to kind of pivot topics. 
where, when, and with whom do you feel the most yourself or like the most connected? It could be a place, it could be a person, it could be an experience. Like where do you feel the most connected to yourself or the most yourself? I kind of like, I don't know, see myself like in two different different ways. Like when I'm running by myself on like a gravel road where I can like hear the gravel and like that little crunch underneath my feet. I can get lost in that rhythmic, like that crunch. Um, that's like my athletic self and being alone in that. And that's just like, you know, so my endurance, that, that, that whole life. The other, the other thing I think about is just <laughs> the first thing that came to mind is that like, I feel the most myself sometimes like when it's just me and my wife, like in the car when we're on a road trip. Hmm. When we had our first... We're gonna have our second. We had our first baby. The the best time that I felt like like this was life. You know, this is great. Was when we were on paternity leave together. And we could just do whatever we wanted and take care of our baby. Mm. That was perfect. So that was like that's the other part of like that life where it's like the family and that and that connection. That was like it. And so like yeah, we can't be on paternity leave forever. Uh, Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm anti-work you know, right now but like no <laughs> that would be great but we have to work we're, we we have to be able to provide for 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 her and um so when i think about now it's like i'm really excited because we're gonna go on a holiday road trip and that's that like where i feel the most myself is mm. you know before we had um our baby we were we were kind of like we were okay with just like sitting on the couch and like watching a show and like just being together in that sense. So yeah, I would say like my athletic self um, is that kind of gravel road for running. And then like my family self is like the, is like the being in the car or just being together, like in the house, like doing nothing kind of thing. So That's lovely. Thank you. So we're going to go into our lightning round. These are three questions that I ask all of our guests and just share the first thing that comes up for you. We're looking for just one to two quick sentence answers. What would you tell someone who is just getting started with working out? Like they're a very, very beginner. Find something you love and have fun doing and do it. I mean, exercise can be as simple as walking up a hill. You don't need anything fancy. And so just find something you're interested in, do it. It doesn't have to be like, complicated. Awesome. What would you tell someone who is lacking motivation? For me, I know it sounds it, it sounds like I have all the motivation in the world, but like it's 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 set a goal and and, and I don't you know like I've come across people who this is definitely more of a, a trouble to find but but set a goal that like is easy to achieve and then celebrate that that goal and then and then find again it's just find something that you enjoy and find find that the fulfillment in, in completing something and so I mean yeah for some people and I know endurance endurance really easy for me to say oh like just do a 5k but like <laughs> yeah. some people don't want to run that's fine like me <laughs> yeah. the goal might be like can I do like a hundred squats in a row body weight squats and, and then start to scale that up. So that motivation is 
is getting to that point, something that you don't think you can be able to do, but then simplify it smaller. Um, and that, and yeah, and motivation should again come from within, but also like I said in the beginning, like it should be something you can share with others. So think of if, you know, think of the people who support and care about you and write them a message and then have them write you a message back, keep yourself accountable. And, and that can be really powerful. Thank you. That's a sweet practice. So our last question, one of my favorites, how would you describe a smiling soul? The biggest thing is that they just, they find joy and fulfillment in what they have and they find joy and fulfillment in what's around them. And they appreciate that. And they, they show that by caring for themselves and uh, caring for the people they love that's around them. That's all kind of coming back to just being okay with yourself. <laughs> and that's kind of the biggest thing is that you have to know that, you know, you are worth it and you are special and you are yourself. And, 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 and if you can be happy with that and you can, you can kind of look at yourself in the mirror and, and smile and, and there you go. Yay. Thank you. So Eric, if people want to train with you, they want to connect with you, they want to learn more about who you are and what you do, where can they find you? How can they get a hold of you? Yeah, I have like a, a outdated website. It's just ericmonsock.com. And we'll link to that in the show notes. <laughs> so it's easy for you to find. I have Instagram. Um, I, I have like... Uh, so my my regular Instagram is just emonstock and my fitness Instagram is uh, Eric Munstock Life Fitness. But again, I don't really post on that too much. But you can also, if you need to contact me, you can direct message me through those. That's fine. Uh, and that I'm not, I might, if you're going to direct message me through Instagram, do it through the eMunstock one. I haven't checked the, the fitness one in a while. So, and then, yeah, I don't have a Facebook anymore. I got rid of that. Oh, good <laughs> so, for you. All right. <laughs> So we've got website and Instagram for you. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much, Eric, for coming on today. I think it's always so inspiring to hear the stories of people who have been like athletic, but kind of more mainstream exercisers and then watching and like getting to hear more about your journey to achieving the eight Ironmans and becoming a dad and just the way that you approach relationships and your training protocol. And you're always just, I know it, for friends and family, I can say this is your friend too. You're always just encouraging people to be the best version of themselves on and off the training field. <laughs> so thank you for being here today. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here on the Smiling Soul Fitness Podcast today. We appreciate you. We appreciate you showing up and being here with us. It means a lot. If you liked this episode, if you like our podcast and our message, please leave us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're streaming this podcast. It helps us to connect with other like-minded, smiling souls around the world and share our message. And if you like the podcast, you'd probably like our workouts and meditations too. So come on over. You can join us at smilingsoulfitness.com. We've got workouts. We've got guided meditations. We've got healthy eating recipes. And we've got an amazing community of resilient, optimistic, and community-focused smiling souls. And we'd love for you to join too. The primary purpose of the Smiling Soul Fitness Podcast is to inspire and educate. 
As a reminder, the information and opinions provided on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We encourage you to speak with your doctor before beginning any exercise or training program and for professional medical advice or treatment. Opinions offered on this podcast are just that, opinions.